0: You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. I'm Steven Simcox, your host. I uh, appreciate you joining us on a Wednesday afternoon, Thursday morning, whenever it is that you're listening to this. Um, I want to start today with a new series I'm going to do over the next few weeks and. This is, we're going to do this sort of slowly. It's not going to be um, necessarily every single time we come on, but I want to start working our way through the TCU football schedule for 2022. Um, all the different opponents kind of looking at who they are, what their expectations are coming into the season. So today we'll take a look at that season opener against the Colorado Buffaloes, which is an intriguing opponent. You know, it's, it's interesting, like, of course, all these games are scheduled like 10 years in advance. So Colorado's been on the schedule for a long time. It's a home and home. They're going to come to Fort Worth in 2023. Um, but TCU's kind of had a bad run. Like these are these are not necessarily bad opponents to schedule. But the last few seasons, none of these Power 5 teams that they've put on the schedule have really had high expectations. Um, and you can't really predict that. I mean, Purdue was coming off a good year. They ended up really struggling. Uh, back in 2019 when TCU played them. Of course, they got a win there. Beat Cal last year at home uh, in a tight game, and Cal ended up having a tough season. Justin Wilcox has struggled after having some early success there. And then Colorado this year. Um, it's been a while since the Buffaloes have been anywhere close to what they were you know, in the early 90s and even early 2000s. But not really high expectations for them coming into this year as well. You look down the list going down to 2030 – Um, in 2024, they'll play Stanford, North Carolina, in 2025 and 2026. And, you know, those two teams are programs that have done well lately. Um, got a home and home with Duke in 2028 and 2029, and then Purdue in 2030. So, you know, some good opponents on the schedule later on, but again, it's it's hard to predict what they're going to be like when you play them. But Colorado as a team, playing the Buffaloes to open the season on the road, um, It's Carl Dorrell's third season, and this is a a group that's going through a lot of upheaval right now, had a a bunch of transfers um, that hit the portal at the end of last year, including Mark Perry, safety, who's going to play for TCU this season. So pretty low expectations in Boulder. Offensively, um, a tough year last year for the Buffaloes. They failed to reach 200 yards in four games. They ranked 129th out of 130 FBS teams in total offense um only 257 yards per game lowest average for a power five school since 2014 so you got a group that's coming in that had a really tough year last year against tcu defense that was also pretty bad last season and is learning a new system has a new coordinator a lot of similarities between um those two programs and, and what they've done, uh, last year for, for TCU and the last couple of years for Colorado. So not honestly sure what to expect in that matchup. Um, but Colorado does have, you know, a quarterback returning, Brendan Lewis returning starter, JT, uh, JT Shrout is also expected, um, to challenge for that job. So not sure exactly who's going to be there, but Lewis last season, um, was under attack a lot. He was hurried on 43% of his dropbacks. Uh, he was sacked 31 times. Um, he can scramble a little bit and showed that ability. He completed 58% of his throws for 1,540 yards and 10 touchdowns with three interceptions. Um, so not a real consistent year. And honestly, reading like reading the description of what they went through last season, it sounds pretty similar to what Max Duggan has gone through the last few years. You know, an offensive line that's just not holding up there into the bargain. Um, and that leads to some uh, poor accuracy, some poor throwing. But you also have a guy who can make some plays happen with his legs. Mike Samford is the new uh, offensive coordinator in Colorado, and he was previously at minnesota and he's quarterback's coach so that's really his specialty that's what he's going to try to improve there um in boulder brady russell's a really good tight end he had 25 catches for 307 yards last year as far as transfers go rj sneed is coming in you might uh, recognize that name he was at baylor um for his entire career until now he's a grad transfer he played five seasons in waco and now he's headed up to uh, Boulder to play there in Colorado. Um, Alex Fontenette is their running back, and he had 874 yards and five touchdowns back in 2019, missed 2020 with a hip injury, and had 326 yards last year. So he is used to being the guy. Um, So they do have some returning production at quarterback from last season and some returning production at running back from a few seasons ago. But overall, it looks like it's a good way for the Frogs to start the year with all the questions they have on defense against an offense. That has struggled lately. Now you look at Colorado defensively. Um, they were pretty solid group last year. Uh, you know, they they the numbers aren't amazing, but they returned five starters from a unit that allowed 26 points, which is about middle of the pack in the Big 12, 420 yards per game. So they gave up a lot of yards, didn't give up as many points. Um, they don't rush the quarterback very well. And, uh, that's something that they're gonna have to improve. They had, uh, they only pressured on 3% dropbacks, which was well below the national average and 115th nationally. Um, and their coach said that they left a lot of opportunities on the field because their inability to finish, but they do have some veterans up front, Terrence Lang, is in his fourth season as a starter. Janez Jordan um, and Naeem Rodman are their tackles who have been starters there for a few years. They're bringing in a West Virginia linebacker, uh, Josh Chandler, Sam who was a, a big uh, target in the transfer portal. He had 110 tackles in Morgantown last year, so he was on a defense. That was tough and physical in West Virginia and obviously uh, has some familiar- familiarity with TCU. Um, they're losing both starting corners, corners to the transfer portal, excuse me, and a starting safety and Mark Perry, who came to TCU. So you would hope that the Frogs could, uh, you know, get something going in the passing game. Overall, I think it's, it's obviously insanely stupid to try to predict anything right now. However, I do feel like this is a good matchup for TCU. It's just gonna be hard to tell anything because both these teams have a lot of, um, question marks. Uh, have a new staff, you know, in TCU's case, an entirely new staff. In Colorado's case, a new coordinator and some new faces. But winning in Boulder would be significant. You know, I, I've said it before. This team needs to find a way to start the season 3-0 and in non-conference play because that's something they haven't been able to do lately. When we come back, we're going to talk uh, TCU football some more. We're going to talk some recruiting. That's coming up next on Lockdown Horn Frogs. Okay, segment number two here of Locked on Horn Frogs. I want to talk a little bit about recruiting before we go and didn't really want to discuss necessarily the commitments. There haven't been any in the last week or so, but more so kind of what TCU is doing, how they're approaching things differently. and Not even necessarily better, I just think differently. Like obviously, you know, Coach P had been at the program for so long, he had an established way of how he wanted to go about business. Um, He had specific attributes and kind of indicators that he was looking for in the guys that he was recruiting. And so now you have a new staff and, and a new landscape really in college football and how are they sort of navigating this. So I believe I discussed this at some point last week, but uh, Reuben Owens made it to campus, El Campo running back, um, and he had an official visit, which difference between unofficial visit and official visit – you only get, you get a certain amount of official visits as a recruit. So it, it's sort of an indication of, hey, this is a school that I'm considering. I want to get the entire rollout, the whole package, unofficial. I mean, you can just show up on campus and kind of communicate with coaches, communicate with staff on your own, um, but staff can't pay for anything, can't, you know, set you up with lodging, those types of, of situations. But Ruben Owens was there. Um, he went through the whole song and dance, you know, and reports are good. Of course, no recruit's going to come out and say, I hated my time at so-and-so school. So you have to read between the lines a little bit. I don't know how much of a chance they have. I mean, it's going to be tough. He's the number one running back in the nation. Um, He's a guy that's been getting offers since he was a freshman in high school. Texas and Texas A&M seem to be the favorites. They obviously have um, incentives that, at least on the surface, it seems like other teams can't match right now from a, a money perspective. But still, it's encouraging that TCU was able to get them on campus and give them a pitch, give them an opportunity to see what's going on, what they're trying to do. It does seem like there's an energy and enthusiasm um, that is kind of permeating there with this class, and that's different than you saw from the previous staff. Um, And I also think it's just good that the recruiting momentum has sort of kept up, even though Rashad Samples, who when – um, this coaching staff change happened was supposed to be kind of the guy leading the charge. Um, Brian Harrington, Aaron Hodges, I know Anthony Jones, any running backs coach, had a lot to do with getting Owens on campus and at least giving them the opportunity to, you know, give them their best shot at trying to convince him to come play. So we'll monitor that. Um, he's got other official visits he's going to go on before he makes a decision. And we'll see if TCU's is in the running for the long haul there. Something else that they did over the weekend, um, and I didn't, I didn't pay a ton of attention to it until after the week started because I was more locked into TCU baseball in, in the postseason. But the DFW showcase is something that they brought to Fort Worth. And it's a camp for recruits. And they did this when they were at SMU, the Sonny Dykes and the staff did. And it's just these massive camps. For DFW athletes, athletes in the state of Texas, uh, come, get a chance to get evaluated, get a chance to be seen. And so there's more than just TCU coaches there. There's coaches from all over the state, uh, and they're trying to get in guys' ears too. But I think the positive from this is that you're getting a bunch of kids on campus, and maybe guys who get there, and maybe they didn't have CCU on their list for an official visit, maybe it wasn't even really on their radar, and afterwards they said, okay, hey, this was fun, this was cool, um, they gave us an opportunity to get out here and compete, maybe I'll keep them in mind down the road. A lot of good reports coming out of this camp. I know CCU set out a lot of offers. This is how this staff specifically has sort of made their mark recruiting, is by doing events like this. And not everybody does it. I'm not even necessarily saying there's a right or wrong to it. You have to find what works for you and lean into it. But this is what um, this coaching staff has had some success with in the past. So a ton of kids were on campus. All the reports were that it was very organized. That was a great camp. Um, Guys liked what they saw, liked what they got to do. And at the very least, you're giving people an introduction to TCU. And that's, I mean, that's a positive thing. Now, are all these guys going to commit? No. Are you going to get a commitment from a five-star that maybe you typically wouldn't? I don't know. Probably not. But it at least gives you an opportunity to, um, you know, make an impression, make some waves, get some hands-on time with some big-time players in the state. So I think it's positive i think it's forward thinking and i feel like it's a good example of just kind of how the staff is looking to the future with name image and likeness with um, the way the the landscape is changing on how to try to stay relevant how to try to stay in people's ears get you know get their eyes on fort worth get their eyes on the campus so all that is uh is positive news we'll be back on Friday. We'll talk some more TCU football. Um, also, you know, we'll sort of reset and look at TCU athletics as a whole during the summer. I'm going to be trying to pump out episodes three days a week. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday will typically be the <clears throat> the normal rotation. And then as we get closer to football season, we'll pick back up with our five day a week schedule. And of course, once football season starts, we'll be going full throttle Every day, getting you ready for TCU football. So, all that and more coming. This is Locked on Horn Frogs Pro, Locked on Podcast Network. It's your team, and it's every day.